Exceeding Expectations, episode 37. Welcome to the podcast where we give you ideas on how you can give your customers better experiences so they uh, they will stay with you longer and you'll get better testimonials and more referrals as well. This week's episode is with Susie Parkus. At the end of last week, I told you it was going to be Adrian Shepard and that was the plan, but plans don't always come to fruition, do they? Especially when there's technical hitches. And there was a little technical issue with the episode featuring Adrian, but we will get that rectified and I think we may have that episode next week. So this week is Susie Parker. Susie uh, lives in North London and she is a an expert in many different fields, but certainly in um, connecting people, whether that be in business or also in, in romance. And she's a, an expert in PR as well. So we're going to hear a lot more about all the different things that Susie does. If you do enjoy this podcast, why not leave a review for us on iTunes or on Stitcher and let us know um, anything about the, the show that you like, dislike, guests you'd like to hear. You can join the, uh, the Facebook group, the Exceeding Expectations group on Facebook. Pop some questions in there and we'll get back to you. So enjoy this week's episode with Susie Parkers. Exceeding expectations, and my guest this week is Susie Parkus. How are you doing, Susie? I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Um, very well. We're sitting in this lovely hotel in um, Laura Ashley Hotel. We are, yes. And I've got a real dilemma this week in this week's episode because I don't know where to start. Well, I've been chatting with Susie for the last hour or so, and there are so many stories she has. And I've it's going to be difficult containing this to 45 minutes, I think, is the issue we're going to have this we week. We'll try. So where do we start? So Susie, tell for the listeners who aren't familiar with you, mm-hmm. can you try to encapsulate in a couple of paragraphs maybe what you know what it is you do and something about you? Sure. Um, I'm only laughing because obviously my um, my background spans you know quite a number of years, 17 years, in which time I've had five businesses. And um, long story short, I'd say that I am a catalyst for helping people to be the best version of themselves, whether that's um, health and business and mindset it's really looking at the person and communication skills is one of my big things and then obviously as you know I've got my my book coming out which is to do with work-life balance and um making sure that you are showing up as the best version of you so that's that's really who I am and the place in which I come from if you look at sort of Simon Sinek and his why my why is to really help people and you've and you you sort of touched upon you've done so many things previously mm. you know you did the whole sort of dating relationship stuff and and and, and many other things as well so with let's let's start with the, the the current book you're you're working on now tell us a little bit about that and what gave you the inspiration to write that in the first place so i was involved in Natston 4 years ago and it really has changed my life in in so many ways um in terms of I wasn't able to work for a while and um, I had a lot of medical stuff going on and just this, that and the other. And, you know, you fast forward to now and in hindsight and with a different um, perception and with introspection, I feel like it was a life intervention. It was actually a lifeline in disguise because I was this egotistical, highly driven entrepreneur who was living life in the super fast lane and I clearly couldn't carry on in that way. And, um, I see that the accident 
came along to change a lot of things for me in terms of how I was showing up in life, the business that I was having and how I was operating as a human being. And as a result of working on myself and working through a lot of things and challenges that came up in the last four years, I've I feel I've become the best version of myself. And my book talks about um, the effects of trauma and physical, emotional and spiritual dis-ease, the effects of stress and what it can do to you, looking at the signs before the big one comes and hits you in the face, like mine did, and, um, and just really about living your best life and, and start today and don't wait for a massive something or another to happen in your life for you to, to you know, to, to think, you know, something needs to change. And so if everything goes to plan, when do you think the book may be out? Well, it depends if we go the publishing route (laughs) or not, but um, somewhere between now and the next nine months, I'd say. So it really Mm. feels like giving birth to a baby right now. Mm. Okay. And and as far as exceeding expectations is concerned, I mean, there are so many stories you were telling me before that we could could delve into. So let's start off with the, the story you were telling me about guests. Oh, guess, yes. The the ladies clothing line. Um, Well, I used to live in Canada for a short while and Canada is actually very well known for their customer services, but I've never seen anything like this before. I walked into the shop and as soon as I arrived, I picked up a couple of things and maybe only had about four or five items before the shop assistant came over and said, hey, ma'am, can I set up a changing room for you? (laughs) I was just like, what is this? And um, I just kept picking up more and more items and she just kept putting them in the changing room. Whereas here in the UK, you're lucky if you can get up to five or six items max and then they'll put the other things on the side and then you can go back annoyingly and grab them later. And it was just an amazing experience. And even if I had the wrong size, she went and changed it for me and nothing was too much. And it just felt like I was having a personal shopping experience or I was some kind of celebrity. Mm. And actually, this is just the way that they operate. And would you say that was just guess or Canada? As it, what, what do you think it was? It definitely wasn't like that in every um, shop, you right. know, every ladies' clothing shop. That one was definitely exceptional. Um, but obviously, they're a mid to high range out mm. there as well so you go to old navy it's almost like our primark you're not going to get that kind of experience mm. um but then there were certain restaurants where the customer service and the the staff in themselves that it was just you know like another experience again mm. customer service is really high up on the agenda there so i know we spoke about pickle barrel for example mm. and it's is really well known throughout canada and to some people outside of that the customer service there is incredible the waiting staff are amazing so do you think that generally or there's something about canada that have a different approach to customer service than we typically do in the uk yeah they're they're friendlier they're they're far more chatty here if you smile at somebody i think they think that something's wrong with you whereas even when i was living there i was just sitting in starbucks by myself and people would approach me and come talk to me they're they're more open and inquisitive and just generally helpful than Mm. people are by nature here i'd say Mm. and um everything just seems so easy asking for directions doors being held open people really being grateful for your your custom that's the other thing Mm. didn't take it for granted they were so grateful there's also a different approach there in terms of um the the service fees that you pay so pickle barrel you you pay 20 percent mandatory and people really work 
for the service and mm-hmm. they deserve it as well some of them just really go beyond the call of duty to make sure you have a good experience well, well tell us more about pickle barrel because <laughs> that that sounded fascinating when you were talking about that so pickle barrel is not like eating at the ivy for example i'm trying to think it's probably like at the equivalent of our wagamama mm-hmm. i'd say so it's, it's a chain and it's burgers and salads and but it's it's nice stuff it's not mcdonald's and um the i'd say that the waiting staff are constantly on you in terms of their eyes are constantly glazing around the the room to see if somebody needs an you know a refill or um they've finished eating maybe it's time to have dessert you just weren't waiting around for for anything but similarly um one of the annoying things when you eat out is people take the plates away as soon as you finish and the other people haven't and just none of that was going on everything was just so seamless and um your needs were their needs basically and you felt it Mm. and you were welcomed as soon as you came in it was you know we're grateful to have you you're coming um to kind of spend money in our establishments even though they're just the waiting staff and as you left it was like bye thanks ma'am come again and it just felt very friendly rather than here where it's it's i don't know it's very transactional and there was something you were telling me about the tips 20 percent, right yeah so it's a 20 percent mandatory tip and um the waiting staff you know they deserve it and so much more and so there was, was, did you say there was a queue or something? That yes. So when, <laughs> when somebody was leaving that branch, there is a waiting list to become a server at, um, at Pickle Barrel because you can make a lot of money on the tips. Wow. Yeah, I can't think of, I certainly haven't heard of any shops here where there's a queue for people to join as a, you know, in a, in a restaurant or some type of a, um, like a Wagamama's or, or whatever. Never no, you know, people I think would just be happy to get a job wherever. But I think I heard something random about people auctioning off their, their jobs on eBay. Right. It was just the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. From all the different places you've been to, how different is customer service in different areas and how much of it, what factor plays into it? You know, the, the local people and how does that change things in different places? Gosh, well, I've definitely travelled, um, that's for sure. And um, so you mentioned that I was away in the Dominican. And if you bought stuff from the local street sellers, they were so helpful. You know, they knew that I wanted certain quality food and they helped me pick out the nice bits from the rotten stuff. And that was a very different experience to the supermarket. The supermarkets were awful. And um, it was like a meat market. It's just, I think it was worse than our supermarkets here. But you go and support the local um, businesses and the gratitude was just second to none. And it felt very friendly and lovely. Um, I'm trying to think when I was in Valencia and I was staying at the the Media Hotel. The staff there were incredible. We we actually chose the wrong location. Actually, we meant to be downtown. We ended up being at the conference center. And the the manageress, she basically said, "This is how to get to certain attractions, and this is what I recommend." And she recommended restaurants, and they bent over backwards for us to have a really good experience. And um, Canada, I, I honestly can't speak highly enough. The customer service there is just phenomenal, mm. and the gratitude for the custom is something that I. I've never forgotten and so with your clearly you i think you identify or you're quite observant when it comes to customer service it sounds like from what mm. you've been saying and so in your job in a coaching that you do how have you tried to what is what would you say you do differently maybe as a coach in the way you treat your customers well i can tell you that i buy my clients gifts 
Okay. <laughs> um, not because I'm bribing them, but um, one lady in particular, as an example, she'd she'd done so well. We were actually working through her business stuff, and we ended up incorporating some personal development things in because she had some limiting beliefs and some mindset stuff. And for her to really get to the next level with her business, we had to deal with that stuff. And I custom ordered her a mug and um, a book for her journal. And it was just stuff for her as a reminder, but to keep going with the journey. And actually I ended up getting a present from her as well. It was never planned. And so that was really beautiful um, to get stuff as a gift. And um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I just have my own style. So there are some coaches who will just give you that hour or whatever the designated time is. And I give you my time, but then I give you more time because in the background, I'm writing up your notes. I'm sending you things. Uh, One of my clients at the moment, she wants some speaking gigs. And as I'm out doing my business, I identify opportunities for her and I sometimes promote her or I just send her links for things to consider. So I'm constantly making sure that my client is evolving and if there's something I can bring to the table outside of those sessions my job is to help excel my clients that's what they're paying for well I've noticed also on social media one of the things that you do is you're often there'll be some sort of opportunity you've identified and you'll say oh I've, there's, there's this there's anyone or you talk about how you've connected a couple of different people you seem to be doing things like that on a frequent basis I love connecting people I think it's the the natural born matchmaker in me. Probably why I did so well at the matchmaking. Um, So I do recruit for the media. So the journalists come to me because having been in the media myself and done a good job for them, um, they run their own stories and sometimes can't find the person for the story they want to run. So they know I have a big big network. And and so I sometimes find myself in a position where I'm basically recruiting for them. But similarly, I'm just thinking about something the other day where somebody posted they were in a situation and you could tell from their post they were crying out for a certain type of person. So I tagged somebody into it and I said, you two should speak. Mm. And it's just about being a person of value. And this is what I teach in the communication work that I... I, I teach on occasion um being a person of value mm. it also means you become a person of influence as well and it's about thinking about other people and adding value and supporting others and not just thinking about me 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 the whole time mm. it's such upon the, the matchmaking you just spoke about what i mean what, what was it you were doing in that whole matchmaking and relationship and so on uh so it started with singles events okay and people asked me for dating coaching so it moved into dating coaching i'd coached myself from heartbroken to heart open anyway and um it wasn't actually a service I was offering it was something that people wanted and then people said to me do you match make and again it wasn't something I was looking to offer but I've always connected people in business and romance anyway because I just see opportunities for people as you mentioned and um these people that I was serving were professionals who were cash rich, time poor. And they said, I don't have time to go on all these dates to find somebody, but could you do the gatekeeping for me? And so the matchmaking service was born. And so I imagine from from what I know of the dating scene, you know, and a lot of people are just using you know, apps such as Tinder and so on. So a service like that is just suffers so much more than you get from one of these apps. Um, there's matchmaking and there's matchmaking. So you have some matchmakers who have a list and they'll only matchmake you against that list. And it's, you know, tough luck if the person you want isn't on there. Mm. How I operated was as a headhunter. So you're my clients and we together agree on what would be good for you mm-hmm. and what works for you. And it can't be this whole big shopping list either. And then 
as you see me do on social media, I go to my network and my network's network and I say, I'm looking specifically for who do you know? And that's how I did it. And I grew my network from zero to over 30,000 in 18 months. Wow. So I managed to find 30,000 singles in 18 months. Cool. So there's there's a lot of happy couples now because of you. Yes, and babies and marriages and, and all sorts. I've definitely earned my place in heaven. Fantastic. So let's go going back to some of the stories we were talking sure. about before. Um, one of the ones I really liked was uh, Eddie, your mechanic. Yeah. Tell, tell us about Eddie. So Eddie's been my mechanic probably since I was in my teens. So it was a long time ago. And he's just a very kind Greek guy who has set up on his own and he's pretty much self-taught and he's just got the roughest garage you've ever seen. It's, you know, not la-di-da like um, a main street garage, Mm. but it's him. It's his nature. You know, it started off with him, you know, uh, coming to my house and servicing my car at my house and doing whatever, setting up his premises. And he still comes and collects the car and takes it back. That's when I was living locally. Now he's over an hour away, which is quite an important point to mention because I still see him, Mm. even though he's an hour away, because of the trust that's been built up over the years. Mm. When he works on my car, whether it's an MOT or a service, or perhaps I've just got a, a niggle that I'm worried about, I feel that he always looks for the best option and he's completely honest. If he can just, I don't know, tighten some nuts and bolts, then that's it. And he may or may not even charge me because Mm. it's taken five minutes and he won't charge me to diagnose what's going on either. But then if something needs doing, he'll be completely honest and say, look, you need a a car part that's of the manufacturing um, that I've, the car that I've got the time, Mm. or we can go to, you know, the marketplace at Euro car parts and get something from there. And he just gives me all my options. Mm. And um, I feel that he considers my back pocket always Mm. whereas a main street dealer it's very expensive it's always their parts and i've even had experiences where they don't know what they're doing Mm. and he's a problem solver so he's a real example for and and, and i'm guessing you've also referred him to to many loads yeah so because of the he goes the extra mile to give an amazing service so therefore he's got so much more business from from people like he's too busy Right. In fact, you know, you try and see him for something that doesn't need to be booked in like a service or an MOT and you'll be really lucky to see him within two weeks. Mm. And you're a hairdresser that you've been using since you were a kid. I, I know. Mean, that amazed me since you were seven years old. Yeah, on and off since I was seven. And uh, same, you know, she started um, being across the other side of the park to me. So maybe like a 10 minute walk. And now she's over an hour away as well. Um, because obviously we all, we all move and move on. Mm. And... Put it this way, she went away one summer and she said to me, it's fine, go and see another hairdresser. And I did, and it was a disaster and I won't ever do that again. So um, I make sure that whenever I see her, which is infrequently, but frequently enough, I work around her holidays. I travel the hour to go see her and it's just such a welcoming experience. In fact, she does it from home now anyway, but the kettle is on. And so when I arrive straight away, the tea's made and just everything is lined up for me. And she does that for every single client. It's, it's all about you and you just, um, you just feel like you're important Mm. and she builds a relationship with you. Obviously, okay. I've known her for like quite a number of years now, but, Mm. um, she is building a relationship with you and it's not just sit in my chair and let me get my scissors out. And she does that for everyone that she works with. Yeah. I've been there when she's got other clients and it's just like one extended family. Right. 
and I trust her. I mean, there are times where I'm literally just not even paying attention. I'm playing on my phone and she does her thing. And then she's like, we're done now. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, because she knows me. She's taken the time to get to know what works for me and what, what I like and how I like to be treated as well. Mm. And your, your story of House of Fraser with your mum, that, that was a very nice story. Uh, yeah, so... I bought something from House of Fraser and I bought it with vouchers and cash. And um, obviously we can do a refund within 30 days. But I'd done some weird thing across two receipts. And anyway, I need to take some stuff back. I kept one and needed to take some stuff back. And um, I actually couldn't get up within the time frame before the, the policy ran out for me to do a refund. So I asked my mum if she'd go and do it. And I called up ahead of time to make sure that was okay. And then they told me there was going to be a problem with the refund because I'd used, you know, different methods to pay for it. So then I went and found the woman who was head of the department and explained the situation. I said, look, you know, your your colleague has said I can't do a refund, but this is the situation. And she said, basically, send your mum up, bring the receipts, bring the goods and it's fine. I'll sort it out as long as she asks for me. So my mum asks for her, the refund gets done, no problem at all, because she's obviously head of the department, and then takes my mum off to the coffee shop and makes sure that she's uh, nice and comfortable with a coffee for her troubles for coming in and doing the refund. Well, so it just shows the, the level of customer service that some places will offer. But it's the care. You yeah. know, we talked about the pickle barrel before, and for me, um, the thread so far, it's all about caring about the custom. Hmm. And, care, and making sure that your customers come back because you're only as good as your last experience with somebody. Mm. Nutritionist. This, this is such a different episode from normally because you've just given me so many stories. So, so tell me about the, 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 the nutritionist. My new nutritionist. Yeah. So um, my nutritionist was recommended to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, recommendations are always far better than, you know, picking up somebody cold. And I trust her. She's just um, an expert in her field. And sometimes I've said to her, you know, I've, I've got a problem with something or, you know, can we think outside the box? And she's made recommendations to other professionals, but also, um, it's a known fact, I believe that in the field that we're in, we get discounts when we're recommending things. So in her case, it's supplements. So she gets a consultant's discount, which she then passes on to me Mm. because she's not interested in making extra money. I mean, she charges enough as it is, but she's worth it. Mm. But she's not interested in making money on top, just like Eddie, my mechanic. Mm. It's such an honest service and I get to have a saving as well. Do you do a lot of networking? Yes. What would you say, um, as far as mindset and attitude is concerned with networking, what have you has your experience been and how should maybe people go about networking in a better way god this is an episode in itself um so i'll give you some top tips don't go throwing around your business cards and don't go collecting everyone's business cards if you've got no intention of calling them because i think when somebody gives you a card they they think they're going to hear from you and vice versa a tip that somebody gave me a long time ago is don't deface somebody's business card so if you go and write on it and you're writing some notes, mm. it's it's great because it means you're making a mental note. But you should ask first. So it'd be like, Susie, do you mind if I just make a note of whatever it was we discussed on your card? Mm. It's fine because effectively it's my property that I've paid for and you're now defacing it. And I never thought about that until someone brought it to my awareness. The other thing is don't present with a sale because people go to network with a view to getting business, mm. which is fine. That's kind of why you're there. You're not going to find a lover or whatever. 
But it's about being a value first. It's about understanding somebody and building rapport. And again, it comes back to the communication skills that I teach. Mm. But it's about understanding somebody because we might not be a good fit. And you shouldn't work with somebody if your values are not aligned. I found that to be something quite powerful in terms of me enlisting the services of others, but also taking on clients. If our values are misaligned, it's the most horrendous relationship. And as far as communication is concerned, where do you think people go wrong with networking with their the communication? Um, they're all mouth and no ears. And um, you can also offend people by being in their personal space. It's actually quite a big thing, but we do have this whole personal space thing. If you think back to Dirty Dancing, and, and I don't know if you remember, if anybody that's listening remembers the scene where it was, you know, this is my space and this is yours, as Patrick Swayze and Baby are doing their thing. And... Um, you know, even when I was a personal trainer, it's, it, you still have to be mindful of like touching people and getting too close and, and being in such proximity that you can feel the heat of someone's breath or you can feel them spitting on you. It's not nice. And it's just being mindful and, and aware of how you're presenting yourself and showing up. But also when sometimes it seems that the attitude some people have when they go to some sort of networking events is purely about what can I get from this mm -hmm. rather than what I can do for other people there. Yeah, as I said, it's about being a value. It's about, um, you know, to quote Andy Lapata, for example, it's it's what do you need? How how can I help you? Always, even, um, I mean, I'm lucky he's a friend of mine, but when he picks up the phone, it's Susie, how can I help you? Mm. It's actually, it's, yes, it's how are you, but it's how can I help you today? And he leads with that and it's something that's been ingrained in me now. But, but why is it, if you can really identify to the listeners, why that can make such such a difference to someone's business by having that kind of approach? Um, because it shows that you matter. I think it comes back to this whole customer service thing we were talking about before. You matter and it's it's you before me. Mm -hmm. And there's too many me, me, me people mm -hmm. out there. So it's, um, you know, for example, you and I meet in a room and, and you know, who are you and, and what do you do? And straight away leading with interest. So... So tell me more about what you do and, and why did you do it and who do you like to serve? Oh, that's interesting. You know what? I know some people like that mm. and leading the conversation that way not going, oh, that's cool. Can I help you with my service? Maybe I can help you get more business. Mm. So for people who are, who maybe are listening to this and think they probably need to do a bit more networking, what are the biggest mistakes people make when it comes to networking? Um, the biggest mistakes people make are not being fully present. That's that's a really big one and not acknowledging the person in front of you and um, and talking more than they're listening and making the agenda all about themselves. Mm -hmm. And networking is not about going out to sell and to go out and get as many business cards as possible and then cold call and, um, oh, the biggest one, do not put people on your mailing list without permission. That's horrendous getting um cold spam email and it's just about respecting people and treating people as people first mm. and if someone wants to buy into you they will and and having the patience so it might not come today and it might not come tomorrow mm. but be of value build a relationship and the business may or may not come and so when you've been networking in the past have you have you you kind of touched upon something there that you may not get business from someone immediately but could be a year or so later as have you had experiences like that yeah i mean i think back to um, a lady from the states that i work with we were introduced by somebody and um 
just got to know each other. In fact, I helped her loads by getting her guests on her show. I was a guest on her show. Um, I put people in her group. And then she put something on Facebook once saying I needed something or another. And whilst I'm not that something or another, I just had an inkling to speak to her because too many people were jumping on it. And I, I felt quite protective. So we got on a call and I said to her, I think you need X, Y, and Z. She goes, oh my gosh, that makes sense. Can you help me? Mm. But she didn't come to me directly. Mm. It was because actually I just led with value. Mm. I led with, can I help you? Because I think you're a bit lost mm. and I think you're looking for the wrong thing. Um, it also goes the other way. So I shared a stage with somebody two years ago and um, she left an impact and she really moved me with what she shared. And she does something that I knew I'd need at some point, but it wasn't an immediate need. But that impact that she left behind has now led to her working with me two years later. And she was surprised that I called her. But I said to her, but you made an impression for you. Mm. You touched upon your show, that your, your the podcast that you mm -hmm. used to have. And that quite intrigued me when you, you, we didn't go into much detail, but you had what, 50-something episodes, and mm -hmm. it was about dating and relationships. Yes. Tell us about that that podcast. Um, in terms of what it was covering? How it came about, what you got out of it, what you feel your listeners got out of it. Again, another podcast, and it's another <laughs> podcast episode in itself. Um, so I was on the radio for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. I was the expert, um, the resident dating expert, and the show came to a close, and somebody had told me, however many years before about podcasting as another medium you know alongside social media and I just couldn't fathom doing something else I was already stretched as it was but when the show came to a close and we'd done so well we had so many people calling in and giving great feedback I wanted to carry on mm. except this time I could carry on on my own terms and rather than being the expert I could offer my expertise but be the interviewer so I decided to create a hot list of the people that I wanted to interview and I went for the big boys and I, I went for some really big names and I utilized my network and I utilized my headhunting skills as well. And I went out there and I, I got all my guests and I covered things like masculine and feminine and how that shows up and plays out in relationships. Um, it also covered things like um, how to communicate effectively. So things like a Margot technique, for example. Um, in dating, people come to the table with a chip on their shoulder. And so I had somebody who'd had a huge life experience to talk about how they'd work through stuff and, and how it, it doesn't define them. And things about the law of attraction and mindset and... Uh, limiting beliefs and we just went so far and so wide because all these things are so important in terms of developing you as a person and being the best version of yourself in a relationship and being able to to, to attract um you know being able to attract the person that really aligns with you not the person that you think will work for you there's a huge difference so mm. we went into so many different layers and levels around dating wow it sounds fascinating why, why did you stop that eventually um, I, I didn't even start. That's the sad thing. So I have all the episodes that never went live because, because of this accident that oh, happened. So right. it turned my world upside down and I still feel like one day I'd like to just publish them and maybe as a collection and people can buy them because the people that I only got to interview, people cut off their right arm to speak to. And I managed to get 30 minutes, sometimes up to two hours of these people's time. And some of them came back for a second and third interview as well. And the the content was just pure gold. And mm. I loved every minute of it. I'm fascinated by people. 
and from what we were talking about before, you're going to use some of that in, in a future book that you've, you've got plans for. Yes. So um, there's a book that I started way back when in like 2014 about dating faux pas. And it, it looks at how people um, sort of show up on a date and maybe not as the best version of themselves and how they can do better. So slightly about mindset, but more about taking scenarios and, and kind of explaining why that's, that's not a good way to operate. Um, when it, we, we, we started talking about books before and, mm-hmm. and, and publishing and so the books that you're, you've got planned, you've got the one you're working on now and then you've, you've already thought about the next one and I probably, you've probably already thought about the next one after that. How do you think the books are going to help the sort of people that follow you? And, you know, you've got a, a lot of people who kind of almost follow you every move, it seems. Yeah, I, I have my cheerleaders. Um, and, you know, as I wrote, on Facebook the other day, that's the kind of support you can't buy, by the way. So for everyone who's plowing loads of money into Facebook, you can't buy that kind of support. Um, But coming back to the books, so yes, I have several planned. Um, I'm working on two simultaneously at the moment and they cover different content. So I think um, for me personally, it shows those that are following me right now and those that find me that I understand a lot of different things and I'm not trying to put it in one book and it covers, you know, dating and relationships and the trauma and the disease stuff and communications. And for me, I feel it's all interconnected. So it, wherever somebody meets me in my journey, so it could be book two, book 10, please God, I get to 10. Um, they will find their way in and then it will help them to sidestep and leapfrog across to maybe a different book or into a product or into a service or or coming to a talk or working with me one-to-one. But it's it's a touch point that then brings them that bit closer to me and understanding what it is that I know and how I might be able to help them in some capacity through some product or service. And because you also mentioned before it is... I mean, because there's so many things that you've done. And so you've, I think you said you've got some courses as well. What courses is it you've got on offer at the moment? So I've got the four steps to dating success. So that's effectively my one-to-one dating coaching in a course that you can take yourself through. Um, And and just, and so what would people get from something like that? You would understand how you're showing up as a person. Mm -hmm. You would understand why your past relationships haven't worked. Mm -hmm. And what it is that you need to do and become in order to attract that which you want. And there are exercises to really hone in on who and what would work for you specifically. And it moves away from an episode of Weird Science where you tap in, I don't know, blonde, blue eyes, five foot, whatever. Um, But really looking at the stuff that matters. So the values of somebody, their drivers, looking at your own. Also, um, Oh, there is just so much, but really we need to understand where we're at right now, how we're showing up, how other people perceive us, then looking at what it is that we're looking to attract and then seeing the mismatch between the two. And the course takes you through all of that, as well as where to look to find your perfect person. Mm-hmm. Although there's no such thing as perfect, it's subjective. Um, so that's the course. And do you have a one? Um, so we have the DIY publicity course because I've done all my own publicity. So I've been featured in the national, local and international press and people want to do the same. So there is a course that walks you through everything that I did. It's my blueprint as to how I built the rapport and I got people asking me to be featured and be re-featured. So how you can have the same. 
And there's going to be more courses coming out around the personal development stuff. So understanding how you can up-level your life and and just become the happiest, healthiest and most fulfilled version of you, which is the journey that I've been on the last four years. And I'm sure that there's going to be more. We've got a communications one coming out as well. So how you can be a person of value in every situation where you get to communicate. So that's that's what I have going on at the moment. And I'm sure as time goes on, there'll be more. Let, let's go back to some of the stories you do talk sure. about before. And there was one, um, Five Guys. Yes. So um, I was at a marketing event last week and all the big brands were there and I happened to catch uh, five guys speaking on a panel and the woman said something that really is so intuitive and so common sense but when I heard it I was like yes you know she basically said when somebody is complimenting you they want some feedback and acknowledgement but equally when someone is making a complaint they're looking for compensation Mm. and that you need to acknowledge when somebody has interacted with you and there is a time frame to it as well and it's really important to to really respect people who have interacted with you as the brand or you know you as a big boy brand and um to to make people feel like they matter It, it all you know is the the same kind of theme here that people matter and it's up to you to make them feel that they do as well because a lot of people listening to this have got a very small business and they may be, may be thinking yeah but i don't you know if they're i don't know a florist or they're they're doing something which is they feel oh, how do i someone complains to me how do i make that right how would they implement that um so you you mentioned the florist so what if somebody orders flowers and it needs to be there on a certain day because it's a birthday or an anniversary. And for some reason, the order gets mixed up or messed up or whatever, and it arrives a day late. The person that's ordered it looks like a complete fool. The person who was meant to be receiving it feels like they've been forgotten about, and it's all down to the responsibility of the florist. So what can the florist do? Well, they could get an emergency bouquet out um, so it's not delayed if they know that there's an issue and maybe hand deliver it themselves. They can send something that's twice the size and twice the price to make up for it and acknowledge the responsibility that they messed up and so that they don't make the purchaser look bad and that they help the person who was a recipient feel better. So it's about understanding how whatever's gone wrong has made the people involved feel and to mitigate that as best you can. What are your your general thoughts on exceeding expectations? We should always exceed expectations. It's over-promise and under-deliver always, not the other way around. Um, You are only as good as the last experience somebody's had with you, the last thing that you've said, the last thing that you've done, and it can make or break you, no matter how big or how small your company and so just before we finish, um, you told me about a, a quote, a quotation you've always liked. Do you want mm-hmm. to tell us about that and the, why? Sure. This has been my mantra even for the longest time. It's expect the unexpected and you'll never be disappointed. It's very personal to me because I used to judge everybody by my own yardstick. So therefore, my expectations were very high. And if you didn't meet my expectations... I used to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so now it's about just not having any expectations and therefore you come from a place of gratitude instead. So when something does happen that you haven't expected because you're, you're just showing up and being present, you really just feel this sense of gratitude come over you and you 
also react from a place of gratitude, which makes the other person feel good as well. And, and just to go into that a little bit further, you said about showing up and feeling present. And I think that's a phrase that some people will completely understand and other people won't maybe, that will maybe go over their heads. Mm-hmm. You, what, what, what does that mean to you? It means um, true connection. So you talked about networking, for example. So if I'm talking to you, but I'm looking over your shoulder at the next person that I want to talk to, you know that my attention's not with you. You know that I'm not right here with you. Um, When you're talking to somebody, you can see their cogs turning because they're already having a conversation with themselves about what they want to bring up next but they're not listening to you. When somebody's talking and you're butting in, you're not listening. You're in your own head about what can I say? It's about you, it's not about the other person. Presence is being right here, right now, and so focused. And um, the monkey mind and and the the overactive brain and the, the mouth that wants to speak is quiet. And you're just really making that person feel valued. Susie, if people want to find out more about you, where would they go to? Uh, the best place would be susieparkers.com, which is S-U-Z-I-E-P-A-R-K-U-S.com. And that's also my social media handle, at Susie Parkers. Well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. It's been amazing. Good luck for the future. Thank you so much. In next week's episode, episode 38, uh, we will be speaking with Adrian Shepard, if everything goes to plan, but who knows. But Adrian Shepard um, is originally from Yorkshire, now based in Japan, and he's done, he's had quite an amazing life. He's nearly drowned twice, he's uh, almost been bankrupt a couple of times, he's had quite, quite an interesting life. And he does a variety of different things in Japan, in productivity, he originally was, was teaching people English. And um, yeah, he's got quite quite a varied life. So that's next week with Adrian Shepard, hopefully. Hope you have a fantastic week. Do leave us a review um, and see you next week.